Hey, fight fans, welcome to the breakdown of UFC 204. We're going to be talking about the Count Michael Bisping versus Dan Henderson in Manchester, England, and all of the night's finishes. Stay tuned because the UFC After Show on AfterBuzz TV starts right now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I mean, that was one main event. I was a little worried when he got knocked down a few times. So I thought it's like, you know, he's about to have his Cinderella story end at home. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, sure. so what's up, fight fans? Welcome to the UFC After Show on AfterBuzz TV. I'm Gabriel Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter at Double G on TV. And tonight I'm joined by the amazing panel. First, the Joe Rogan of AfterBuzz TV, Mr. George Hermosa. I feel like I'm unintentionally at first, <laughs> but now I feel like I gotta keep going. Just showing up for the for like the pay-per-view. So, uh, so yeah, UFC 205, <laughs> George Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-S-A, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, PlayStation Network. All the above. And of course, our jujitsu yeah. expert, Mr. Chris Howard. Well, uh, George Hermosa doesn't get out of bed for less than 10 grand. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, neither does Joe Rogan. <laughs> so I'm Chris Howard. You can reach me at Chris Howard Live on Twitter and Instagram. Also, go to legendarylivingdaily.com for daily tips, motivation, inspiration, and legendarylivingtv.com for YouTube. See, I thought it was Chris Howard Live. It's live. Oh. This whole time. There's, there's meaning to that. We learn okay. something new every day. Yeah, was, yeah, and of course, guys, Christian Cole will be back with us next time. Give him a follow on Twitter at Extran Cole. So, guys, you know, five rounds, and everyone is saying the same thing. Did you expect it to go five rounds with these two, especially seven years later after that epic knockout at UFC 100? I mean, we all remember that highlight knockout from UFC 100, July 11, 2009. Because um, how can we forget? They replayed over and over again, even before yes. this fight was announced. It was one of the probably the most viewed knockout, you know, highlight in the history of UFC. Knockout of the night, knockout of the year, you know, pretty much all everywhere. So we've seen it. We've all seen it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was not expecting for it to go 25 rounds. I thought I was going to expect, um, I, I, uh, ironically, I thought I was going to end with Bisbing knocking out Henderson yeah. some, in some way. I know Did you? Was, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I just thought it was like one of those where it's like, wow, what irony. With a right, with a heavy right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought he might get him done a, an accumulation within three rounds, mm-hmm. maybe. You know, we know Henderson's chin isn't exactly what it used to be. He's not as durable. We've seen that in recent fights, but I didn't expect it. What about you? Uh, you know, I thought it was a, a it was a fun fight to watch. Uh, Hendo, you know, when they talk about a puncher's chance, he always had Definitely. that every moment of it. You didn't know right up until the fifth round who it could it could have gone anyway. Um, but uh, it, it was clearly a, a war of attrition. You know, working Hendo down to gassing him. And uh, the going into the fight, what I thought was really cool was uh, Bisping had. Uh, a lot of variety in his game, very yeah. well-rounded. And I think it was really, more than anything, a game of uh, heart and spirit on Bisping's part because he just didn't let the pain phase him. No, definitely. <laughs> well, I mean, when we look back at the first fight, I think what made it, you know, the most epic knockout, they had all that build-up, and the knockout happened on the biggest event in UFC history. And so it was like that perfect storm to make it that one that lives on highlight reels. But let's get to the big question, scoring, because there are some mm. people saying it should have been Henderson. How did you guys score the fight personally? I personally would have been shocked if Hendo would have been given the nod. 
Like I, so? I, 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 and I was rooting for Dan Henderson. Obviously, a lot of people were obviously were, unless you were maybe British. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, it's just one of those where I think the I think it all came down to cardio. Mm-hmm. I think right. that third round where Hendo was just gassed, and you can easily tell. I wouldn't say the word coasting, but you can easily tell he was mentally preparing her, preparing himself for rounds four and five yeah. by taking round three off. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought that maybe he should have won round two, but I think as much as I was rooting for Hendo and wanted to score for him, I think that knockdown was just a little bit too late. Definitely. Um, you know, maybe like if it was maybe a minute earlier, you know, obviously I think it would have made a big difference. But round three, it was obvious for Bisping. Round four, like you can tell that, and even so, like that gut, that nut shot, I guess you can say, um, it was more so Hendo taking as much time as he can to get, yeah. his, to get his win back. And I think that hurt him. And and Bisbing has been always known for being cardio. Like that's he a guy is. that can go. Like you're not yeah. going to see him bre- breathing out of his mouth for, uh, you know, pretty much almost ever. So I think when it all came down to, I think Henderson was probably the, I guess this is going to be an oxymoron, probably the better fighter overall. But just his cardio was just not up to par with with Bisbing's. Definitely, I I actually I get what you mean with the second round, and I guess that's why the one judge scored it forty nine forty six for Bisping. Mm-hmm. I actually had it three two, like the other judges forty eight forty seven. I gave Bisping the last three, mm-hmm. and I do do think Henderson stole the second round on damage mm-hmm. that you know big right hand. I thought he might get him out of there. Uh, Chris, how did you I, score I thought the he fight? had. I thought he had uh, round. I thought Hendo had round one and two for the knockdown. Yeah, and I gave three and four to uh, Bisping, but I gave five to nobody. I didn't think mm-hmm. five. I thought, yeah, <laughs> I think that was kind of pretty much a tie, a wash. So I, I would, if it was left up to me, the fight, the fight would have been a draw. Would have been a draw. Yeah. Okay, that's not unheard of. I mean, for a, a lot five of people were probably mm-hmm. thinking that the, the first round might have been even a ten eight. Hence, you know, if that were the case on, on for the most judges, it would have been a majority draw or maybe right. an unanimous draw. But again, I, I, I was like Frankie Edgar Gray Maynard. Yeah, I mean, I really was rooting for Henderson, but I just it was just hard, so hard to score it for him um, just because of, you know, not, not being biased. I want to be biased, but, you know, but yeah. as like a we're here I guess you can say, say we're, <laughs> analyst, yeah. hey, um, we're, we're here to say let's speak as the an truth, analyst. You know? I mean, I just had to speak from the, you know, with my brain and not my heart. And I really think that Bisbing did more work. And again, a lot of people are saying it's controversial. I don't think either even a Hendo would have won. I don't think it would have been much controversy. I think the right person won. Yeah. And again, it's not about the damage. It's about who won the most rounds. You know, you, uh, Bisbing got his ass whooped that first round. Oh, he did. But I mean, and, and that's where the most of the damage right. came. But if Bisbing wins the next four rounds, and that's guess what? That's MMA. That's how you score MMA fights. It's not just. Exactly. What do you think at the end though, when they were going to raise Bisping's hand and they called it out? I think that Hendo thought there could be a chance that he actually won the fight. Did you? I no. think once they said it was forty nine forty six, I knew they were going to score for Bisping, yeah. just because right. I think there was no way that Henderson won by forty four yeah. or four yeah. rounds. Four out of the yeah. five, so once yeah. they said forty nine to forty six, then I, I knew that. But I was like, yeah, maybe. I gotta say this: I didn't expect the fourth and fifth rounds to get closer because I do feel Henderson did a lot better. Bisping mm-hmm. still won them. Um, we saw the stats, the significant strikes and overall strikes favored Bisping again, and. It's hard to argue against, like, well, Henderson did more damage. It's like the numbers speak for themselves. Right. He didn't drop Bisping after the first and second. But um, I was surprised at how much more active. I think Bisping wasn't ready for Henderson to start moving forward. I think he expected to do more of the same as he did in the second and third. 
But definitely, I mean, credit to Dan Henderson. Let's get out of the way. A brilliant mixed martial arts career. Let's break it down. He was he held two division two titles at the same time in Pride. Essentially, their equivalent of middleweight and light heavyweight. He was the Strikeforce light heavyweight champion before they got you know absorbed by the UFC. Um, one of only four guys to ever beat Fedor Emelianenko, and he did it in Hendo fashion. I mean, I mean, I, I would have. And loved, he represented yeah. the United States twice in Greco-Roman wrestling. Yes, so, in the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, there's many reasons why I would have loved to see Dan Henderson win, but one of the reasons, one of the reasons why, what I would love to see him win the, the UFC belt, just for the sake of he never lost any belt ever. And I go, obviously, <laughs> obviously, it's not his fault. He would, I'm sure, he would love to defend the Pride and the Strike Force. But yeah. I mean, by the time that. You know, um, he was a champion, you know, not too long after that, Pride and Strikeforce kind Got of failed to exist. UFC. So yeah. pretty much he was he would have been, you know, the last Pride and Strikeforce champion then, you know, been the yeah. UFC title that he never lost. So. I, th- I think one of the things we have to remember is that uh, age gets to you, you know. It does. I think so age, I think his age was a lot of what was gassing him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we don't talk about that too much, but, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's tougher the older you get. It's tough to go the distance. I and agree. especially it's going to take a toll on the cardio. And here's yeah. a guy that... that been in some wars. I mean, oh, here's yeah. a guy. I mean, I can't even like that first fight against Shogun Hua. Oh, I mean, that was epic. Oh my god, that is man. I, 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 it's hard to name one fight as the greatest fight of all time. And again, as an analyst, I, I can make a strong argument for that being the greatest fight. I mean, in my opinion, it's that yeah. Jones Gustafson and. Um, Melendez versus Mel- no, not even that. Melendez, Melendez versus Sanchez? Uh, Sanchez. Yeah, that was another great. Um, one. But yeah, that, that that fight with Hua and again going back to some of the, some of his career highlights. A lot of people talk about the Bisping. Yeah. I loved his uh, lockout of Vanderlei Silva because yeah, everybody's always expecting the yeah. right the right hand, but out of nowhere here comes the left hand and knocked out <laughs> Vanderlei Silva. And that was Vanderlei like still like in his peak. Oh yeah. So that was like a huge, huge, big deal. Definitely. I mean, yeah. Chris Howard, do you have a favorite Dan Henderson moment? Uh, boy, no. I mean, I just see him as a warrior. He's been battling for a long time, and he's been in some legendary yeah. battles. <laughs> and he's uh, yeah. he's gotten the distance. So it's, you know, they're saying this is his last fight. We're going to see. And I think, I think that, so, because he's been hinting at it for a while. I yeah. think he wanted to retire at 199. It's just, it was too good of an his opportunity to pass his up. His last fight against Lombard was supposed to be his last fight, but then it's like, hey, we got this championship fight. How do you say no to that? Oh, yeah. yeah. And the truth is, he had a, a very, very good chance of taking the fight. So it's, uh, like, like, like I said, this could have gone either way at any moment, even yeah. way deep into the fifth round. I think. E- even so, like, um, what was I about to say? Oh my God, I, was, I literally had a thought right so there. Don't you hate that? Um, something about Bisbing, Lombard. Oh, pound, oh, yeah. pound. Okay, so I, in my opinion, one of the best pound for pound fighters of all time. Because sure. in my opinion, when you think pound for pound, you think, yeah, not just the best fighter, but I think of a guy who can fight in multiple divisions. Here's a guy who fought middleweight, light yeah. heavyweight, and heavyweight, beat one of the best heavyweight fighters of all time. Yeah, and you know, And, you know, obviously after that, we would have loved to seen him fight maybe more heavyweight fights, but, you know. Guys were a lot bigger than him, yeah. but again, my opinion, like you talk about, you know, the John Jones and the Anderson Silvas, and and, and obviously Silva being up there yeah. since he's fought at light heavyweight and been successful at light heavyweight. But here's a guy, Dan Henderson, that multiple divisions, Pride, successful in Pride when they were like the top company in the world. You know, yeah, he was one. Of, he was one of the warriors in the early days. You know, he was there fighting yeah. every battle there was there, and he was one of the best. And you got to give him the credit. I feel like he is kind of the last guy, the old guard. You know, that had those fans that mm-hmm. he made fans out of people at the same time as Chuck Liddell. So he was part Randy of bringing Couture, that era yeah. of fans into it. And he's still around competing against these guys. We never did get to see him against John Jones. And I always new thought UFC one fifty one. 
Oh, yes. We were so close. I know. And also, that was him coming off the fight with Shogun. That mm-hmm. was going to be a fun one. But, yeah, when you think about the fact that he fought Quentin Jackson for the light heavyweight title, Anderson Silva, all the battles he had with Fedor, um, he got the Strike Force title at, I think, was he already at 40 years old at that time, I think? Yeah, it must have been, because it, it was under six years ago. Yeah, that's just amazing. So congratulations to Dan Henderson on just a brilliant mixed martial arts Absolutely. career. I'm sure Going the distance. Yeah. Even Rocky lost his last fight, didn't he? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's Boiler true. alert. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, but um, the night did belong to Michael the Count Bisping. I gotta say, it, I'm the only guy I think I've ever met who actually was going for Bisping seven years ago at UFC 100. And I feel like I was the only guy going for him yesterday, but... Um, Quite frankly, I'm surprised he didn't go down for the count in this match because he got so? hit. He got rocked. He and did. The fact that he was able to make it through that after getting after taking such a solid shot, and then uh, when uh, Hendo jumped on him, he was just landing shot after shot after shot. He d- and to see Bisping come back from that yeah. as if it didn't even phase him. I mean, it's what won him that fight essentially against Anderson Silva earlier this year. Just that attrition, just that heart. Um, I mean, we know he's got great cardio. He's a very well-rounded fighter. We hardly ever see his ground game, but everyone says it's there. And certainly he's always had great takedown defense as his career's gone on. See, that's one thing I was surprised yeah. that Hendo didn't look to take him to the ground. Because he did have yeah, pretty good control when that. he took I, him down right away. That was one of those things, though. I feel like that's just kind of left Henderson's game lately. I feel like... It might be injuries at 46 years old that he masks very well, but, you know, going through to really take down these bigger athletes, younger athletes, maybe that's part of it, but I agree. I mean, when you're a guy who's like a two-time Olympian, I mean, something's just got to come natural to you, and and some of the age just never goes away. And who knows? Like I said, maybe you're probably absolutely right, Um, but Bisping is so, what's the word I'm looking for, confusing to me. Is it because he's abrasive? No, no, nothing nothing to his personality. I've learned to appreciate his personality um, because I think deep down he's actually a really good guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's he's amusing to me because here's a guy that, like, you would think that at his at his career uh, mm-hmm. right now, I, I've said it before. He was always a guy to me, um, the gatekeeper. He was always a guy where it's like, let's see if this guy's worth, you know, being a top guy. Put him against Bisbing, and because mm-hmm. Bisbing would usually lose. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously a lot of people thought that he didn't really win his fight with Silva. A lot of person, you know, yeah, were, were screaming shenanigans. And, and here's a guy that like. In, in some ways, his jaw and his heart has gotten better throughout the years. Like usually, it's the yeah. other way around. Usually, it's somebody's. Oh, everybody! Everybody always says, "Man, the guy doesn't have the same jaw he used to." It, Man, the true. guy's getting older. Man, the guy's heart, you know, or, or cardio isn't gone. But he's gotten like I don't want to say better because I think that it's all about his matchups. But I don't know. He's just so fascinating to me as far as like here's a guy that everybody ca- counted him out a couple years ago. Now he's literally has this win streak over Anderson Silva. Luke, Luke Rockhold, Rockhold Dan, uh, Dan Henderson. Henderson. Now he's obviously the, the middleweight yeah. champion of the world. And he beat Talis Latis leading up to that too. Yeah. CB Dalloway. He was looking um, really good all the way through the fight too. He had he, he looked very mechanical. See, I thought he fought a good uh, a good mechanical proper fight with good technique. He uh, maintained the distance really well. He was able to uh, move around and and sure. and put the, and then put the pressure at the right times yeah. on Hendo to, to keep him from being able to land that big right. Um, I thought that uh, Bisping fought an interesting fight. Hendo was looked off balance, looked like he was... Uh, I, I think he looked like a fighter who's only looking for the big right hand, right, honestly. Exactly. And he, he didn't ever go in there with a plan B, but then again, he didn't need to when mm-hmm. you see the damage he did. 
But I was really impressed with how Bisping was able to pick him apart. He was very disciplined. He did have the jitters. A lot of people were talking about that, and I agree. He looked like he almost wanted to headhunt a little with Henderson in the first round, but he had to settle in. But Bisping even admitted that he was he the did. one that's like, dude, yeah. like, and and you know, much respect, and you know, obviously, you don't want to, you kind of want to save face, but I mean, you can tell that that knockout from seven years ago rocked him, oh, like, sure. it, no, oh, yeah, not not yeah. just physically, but mentally. And you know, what do you think? Like, this is the same guy that did that to me, and, yeah. and, and then you got to think after taking those shots in the first round, yeah, oh yeah, he, like, he must, oh, you would think, <laughs> yeah, you would think that would rock him, but it didn't. His his psyche was in the right place all the way through it. He's like, I don't care. It's uh, you know, he was dealing, He's, he was living with that discomfort and he dealt with it very very well he stayed disciplined he was playing to that manchester crowd when he walked out there mm-hmm. but then again i guess i'm gonna give him a pass because let's be honest how often are you gonna get that kind of ovation in your life as a prize fighter <laughs> um don't do that again though because i don't think he'll get lucky twice being distracted like that mm-hmm. now he had a lot of things to say about the top four in the middleweight division mm-hmm. which you know the man still knows how to cut a promo mm-hmm. after all these years <laughs> we're we're leading up to these matchups. The first one is going to be Chris Weidman versus Yoel Romero at UFC 205, which we'll be talking about later in the show. And then later in December, we're going to have Jacare Souza fighting Luke Rockhold. Who do you guys think is next right now when we're looking at these fights coming up? First off, I wish Bisbing would actually look at the camera when he's talking. <laughs> Get it? Because <laughs> it's, it's no, because his eye is like oh, yeah. so looking the other way. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, like I feel that Yoel Romero, and again, we've all we've, we're going to talk about it probably in, in a little bit. Oh, yeah. We all seen that uh, rankings mean nothing. Yes, um, but obviously mm-hmm. Yoel Romero has probably been ready for for a little bit. I know he kind of came out, came off a loss. Well, not too long ago. Well, he beat Jacare, but that was also the one where um. Oh, no, he I'm, had sorry, the six I'm month... sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking Jacare. Jacare. I know yes. I said Yoel Romero. I, uh, I meant Jacare. I think Jacare. Um, he just came off a loss. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he lost to Romero, but then he had that win over Vitor Belfort, yeah, 198. Yeah. But so. I still feel like Jacare is the guy. He, he's ready. He's been ready. He's a machine as far as jiu-jitsu goes. I mean, I'd love yeah. to see him at least get get his opportunity. Yeah. I want to just see these guys at least the same way Bisping got an opportunity, finally, after all those years. Yeah. Don't let the same thing happen to a lot of these guys mm-hmm. that are just, you know, you, you've had Weidman. We've seen what Weidman and Rockhold and Vitor can do at yeah. the top. Um, but Let's I want to see, see, these, I wanna see how Jacare does, does uh, you know, in that in that spotlight. And what I like about it is that Jacare, he was he used to be just a real great jujitsu guy. He's added knockout power. I mean, mm-hmm. he's certainly no Anderson Silva, but he packs a punch and he's really made a lot of strides in his striking game. And I think that's what makes that a great matchup. Um, Luke Rockhold, he's another guy who's hit his stride though. He did have that setback, obviously losing to Bisping, but I think it's going to be a great fight. So would you say Jacare, if he wins, should get the nod over, let's say, the winner of Ride, uh, Weidman and Romero? When is when is when is Jacare? It's Rockhold? in December. They're headlining, I think, a fight night on I like December tenth. And I, we've seen this happen before, and like especially in the heavyweight division, I'd say whoever looks more impressive, if Jacare or Romero both win. Okay. Because Romero has been before the whole USADA thing happened. Yeah. He was he was looking amazing. Yes. Obviously against Tim Kennedy, he looked like a like a killer. Yep. And he put away Machida pretty handily. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, you know, controversy aside. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I think and we'll see how Romero bounces back. Obviously, 
you know, a lot of things. Maybe he had to, and who knows? It, it, it's this whole USADA thing. Maybe it might change it's the true. way he fights. So we'll see. I know, I know Jacques Ray has always been up there. So like I said, maybe, and maybe who knows? Maybe Weidman and Rockhold will win and throw everything off, you know? <laughs> I mean, I see, I would want to see Weidman because I feel like there's going to be just that extra level of trash talk mm-hmm. from Michael Bisping. Yeah, Luke Rockhold, but then it's still the third one. It's hard to keep a rivalry like that fresh as far as, you know, sound bites, but. Bisping has always had a lot to say about Chris Weidman, so I think that would be fun. When it comes to Weidman, he kind of falls in the same category as like Cain Velasquez. I want to see how this guy can do when he's healthy for a long period of time. Definitely. Because it's hard to believe in guys like Weidman when they just keep getting hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, the no, only definitely. reason why Bisping's champion is because Weidman got hurt. He is. And he almost didn't make it to UFC 205. Yeah. It was like the last minute addition to the card. Um, let's talk about the next fight in the middleweight division because we had another guy who might mm-hmm. even just creep his way into the conversation. Gegard Mousasi finishing Vitor wow. Belfort in the second round. Um, I think the most telling part of that entire fight was when Belfort just had that opening flurry. He looked like he was going to try to take him out in just signature fashion and, you know, it was going to be the end of any talk about a decline and Musasi just kind of shook him off like, nah, that's that's not about to happen tonight for you, Vitor. Yeah, Musasi was a technical machine. He just, uh, he, he dominated that fight. He ruled it. And he was so cool all the way through it. He was. You know? uh, I mean, he was definitely the more disciplined fighter. He was very patient. Yeah. I, sometimes that works against him, I feel, in fights. Like Machida, I feel he was a little too patient. And then obviously at the time, Machida was just looking great at 185. But yeah, he's he just really picked him apart. He picked his shots well. He didn't want to get into brawls in the center of the octagon with Vitor. He knew that that wasn't, you know, going to be it, it, it in his favor. Like, it looked like he wasn't even phased mentally through the whole thing. He was like, all right, okay, we'll go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. It was just cool. He was cool. Definitely. What do you think, uh, George? I, I, I say this as a big Vitor Belfort fan. So, again, okay. this yeah. is me taking away my biasness and being, you know, okay. trying to be an analyst. Um, <laughs> there are two Vitor Belforts. I was going to say, just like Joe Rogan. Yeah, there, there <laughs> are, I was going to say, you are, look a little like Joe. There, I know, today. the hair. Yeah. Um, there are two Vitor <laughs> Belforts. Yes. And we all know, we, we're not going to deny it. There's pre-TRT, uh, or there's TRT Vitor Belfort, and there's post-TRT Vitor Belfort. Mm. We obviously saw just a significant difference in his first post-TRT fight against... Um, Weidman. Against Weidman, you know, back May of last year, and you're like, mm-hmm. man, like, like it really shows. And now we're like, well, let's see if it just... Not just physically, but let's see if now he can actually fight. And... Uh, man, I mean, like there's just he, he he's not the, the same guy. He is not the same you, guy. You know, the reality he, is if you have low testosterone, it really affects the system. I've got low testosterone, so I take testosterone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I don't, it depletes me. I mean, I've got nothing in me. So, uh, yeah, that'll that'll rock somebody's world if they're, if they're meant yeah. to have it to get even to normal levels. What and I mean, they don't. Uh, when you look at it, he used to be able to just knock the bricks off of dudes. When you look at what he did to Bisping and Rockhold and Henderson, he was just, you know, like a freight train. There was no stopping him. After that, we talked about it. Definitely UFC 198, I feel, was the first one where we really saw that, like, you know, without that extra power, he'd Gasses out very quickly. Mm-hmm. He still doesn't seem to... He used to vary his game more, but he looks like to really just try to unload early rounds. But, you know, I think that, like you said, post-TRT, it's just hard to 
deny that there is a difference, and I think that we are starting to see just the decline of Vitor. The I age think, once again. Yeah, exactly. and, and, and it's not even that. Like he's not even that old. You know, considering yeah, he gets I mean, Dan he Henderson. Young, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but exactly like yeah. you just said, he's got he's got the experience, and yes. at some point that is going to take a toll on you. The knockouts, the you know, the cauliflower years, just the roll around. Yeah. Like he's your just body's been in gonna, some battles too. Your body's going to ache a little bit more than than it used to, and it's going to take longer to recover. And I think with that and the training and you know not being the TRT anymore, I think that's finally taken a toll on Vitor. As much as I hate saying it, because again, I'm a big yeah. Vitor Belfort no. fan. Oh, me too. I was um, going into this fight wanting him to win, and then I slowly began to change my thoughts about it and think, you know, Masasi's playing a, a smart yeah. game. No, I mean, when you think about it, he's another one of those guys. I mean, he's been fighting since he was 19 years old. I mean, one of the first UFC highlight reels showed him just blitzing Vanderlei Silva mm-hmm. in Brazil. I mean, this is a guy who's been around. He's been there, left, and come back and dominated for a while. I remember so. when he was first starting and he had those those hands and he, yeah. like he came out the gate. Was it uh, Frank Triggy was fighting or who was he fighting where he came out just with a straight blast? Oh, that was Vanderlei. That was the Vanderlei Silva highlight. My God. And to Vanderlei had a good, you know, at that point in his career, but no, so Vitor. I feel like I feel yeah. like it's like maybe like the second or third to last fight of his career. I would agree. I think they're going to give him a good matchup, certainly. But I think outside of the top, I wouldn't say maybe outside the top ten, but certainly out of the top five. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, there's a time to bow out. You know, there's it's a true. time where it's like, okay, that's that's yeah. enough. Now, Gegard yeah. Mousasi, I mean, you know, the way the middleweight division is right now, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him. A, Maybe fill in if one of these guys mm-hmm. in the matchups we mentioned about, you know, they get injured. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him step up and try to get in I there. I mean, he was really close to fighting Daniel Cormier at UFC 200. Yeah. Um, obviously, if it wasn't for Silva. But, yeah, he's a guy who so much potential, but he's up and down, up and down. I mean, again, no, no disrespect yeah. to Uriah Hall, uh, former call-in guest of AfterBuzz TV. But, like, he's a guy that nobody thought he would lose a Uriah Hall. No. Um, and, and he was he, winning that one before he got caught in the yeah, second round. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And then, again, uh, fights against, uh, you know, Machida and whatnot. And it's yeah. like... And he beat Dan Henderson. You know, mm-hmm. although controversially, but he also has that victory. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, he's going to be around. I wouldn't... Maybe Anderson Silva in Brazil. I know they're trying to look to bring the spider that's, back in or something. Yeah. He mentioned yeah. that's a fight he wants. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's a rumor that we're probably going to talk about in a little bit, about yeah. rumors mm. about the next Anderson Silva fight. Certainly. I mean, but rankings, it's right there. We're going to talk about that. But it looks like that's uh, in the cards probably for Musasi. Let's talk about OSP versus Jimmy Manua. I mean, that knockout guys that that's one of those like do you remember Leota Machito Rashad Evans mm-hmm. yeah that's what it looked like watching it and it was like just damn I mean you know and OSP coming off that loss to John Jones for five rounds he's that guy he's kind of taking the Ryan Bader role in the light heavyweight division I feel like we all know he's big long athletic he's got power he can hit some takedowns but just these guys who are on the rise seem to be able to just blitz right through them to get to that next level. What would you guys think of that fight? Two strong guys. I mean, they came out, they, they, like, I was just watching muscle on muscle pound through, and it was a yeah. uh, pretty wild fight. The, lo- the knockout really stood out in my mind, though. When uh, Did you see his leg fold underneath him oh, as he goodness. went down? That was just like... How somebody's leg go like that like without the being broken? Leg. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, shades of Krokop against Gabriel Gonzaga. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and OSP was winning the first round, I felt like. You know, he's using his size well. He was just 
really imposing his will, but Manua. Yeah, what happened in round two? Because he like he changed his strategy, right? He came out and he started was fighting a the different leg fight. kicks, you know, and that started to slow down OSP. And it looked like he just caught him with that hook. That it didn't look like it landed flush, but it landed on the right spot that just seemed to shake him and slow down OSP. And I thought. Damn, he's about to get the comeback. And then he hit him with that. He, he dropped him, him right. with the right hand. OSP went down, got back up, and then Manuel just finished the he job did, with that left, with the left But the left didn't even look that powerful. That was the thing. The right yeah. hand hit him solid. Then he did like a... Uh, Left jab, yeah. right that he missed, and he came back with the left hook, but it just it didn't look solid, and he went down. I th- I think he was already out before that. Oh yeah, he yeah. definitely was. I think he hit him on the spot, and it's just crazy to see a guy as big as OSP, and it seemed like he took his time going down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no, that was just a great win for Jimmy Manuel. Yeah, and- I did not. I was not surprised that this fight did not go to decision. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I, I I never really been that impressed with OSP. Um, that's why I was a little shocked when yeah. he got that interim title shot against John Jones. But obviously, yeah. you know, there's nothing you can do about that. They talked about he was just honestly was the only guy who wasn't already signed to fight another guy. Yeah, and exactly. Healthy. It was like by process of elimination. That's yes. how, that's the only reason why he got the interim title shot. Um, and even so, like he looked, he didn't look. When everybody was talking about more, was talking more about how John Jones didn't look, or mm-hmm. you know how he didn't look good, as opposed to OSP looking good against John Jones. You know, mm-hmm. it's like as much as you like OSP, like I don't know, just you, you never really think of him as a top five fighter. I um, don't either. You know, Jimmy Manuel coming in. You know, he, he looks impressive most times. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes he's had a, a couple down slides, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, I, I was very surprised and uh, not surprised, but very impressed by Jimmy Manuel t- yesterday. Well, definitely, I think we're going to see him in a marquee fight next. Certainly, I mean, when you get a knockout like that over a name like OSP I think you set yourself up to fight the guys you know in that mid-level of the light heavyweight division your Ryan Bader's or who knows possibly maybe, Glover Teixeira maybe if everything goes well you know or, as like we heard with the rumors with John Jones maybe that'll be John Jones's next fight I don't see John Jones coming back immediately and getting an idol, another title shot now yeah. that everything's happened but who knows maybe Jimmy Manoa might be a good you know stepping stone for either one Certainly. Well, okay, so let's talk about it because I want us to get through some to predictions tonight because we're going to have a lot of fun ones to talk about. But the skyscraper, Stefan Struve, oh um, help me out with this Chris Howard fight in Daniel Omelinichuk. Omelinichuk. Omelinchuk. I knew how to say it earlier. Omelinchuk. But if you're a guest, you feel free to like just choke one of us out when you come visit us, Daniel. I'm ready. (laughs) No, but um, that was another one. He stood his ground with Stefan Struve. I mean, in the beginning. In the beginning. Yes, and you know what? That's exactly what you got to do if you're gonna take out a guy. Like when we've seen guys like Pat Berry try it, it's like you really have to get in his face and try to make that incredible reach advantage he has a non-factor. And certainly Daniel was trying to do that, and I think he was even surprising Stefan because Stefan went for the takedowns and showed off that ground game that we're not used to seeing. Chris Howard, analyze the... You know, let's go to the second round real quick. What do you think of Stefan Struve's Darth's choke, how he set it up? I thought it was fantastic. And the thing is, is when when you grapple with a guy that is that tall... It is challenging. It's not easy because they can stretch you out. I mean, I went, I trained in London with uh, Roger Gracie out there, and he's like, and Roger's 
really tall. He's not six foot eleven and a half, yeah. <laughs> but he's a tall guy, strong. And when he, when you grapple with him, he's like a he's like a wet blanket. He just lies on you, and he can stretch you out and do pretty much whatever he wants to do. So that height really does come to an advantage. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought uh, there was uh, good good grappling, uh, the ability to stretch him out. See, I think the. Um, I think it was uh, what's the the name of the the short Amalanchuk. Yeah, that's it. Amalanchuk. Amalanchuk. Um, he had a tough match there for him. So yeah. it was like he was Jack trying to fit to figure out how to, to, to cut down the giant. You know, no, and so he went in, and at first he was screening the punches, and he was able to get a few in, and then yeah. uh, just looking to chop him down, but yeah. chop him down into territory that he wasn't going to be able to continue the fight. So definitely. Well, like I said, Struve. I think he was. Could he still have won the fight on the feet? Possibly. I mean, it's Stefan Struve. You know, he's a good kickboxer. But I think he also knew that he had a more well-rounded skill set. And he just decided that take the safer route. And certainly it paid off for him because he just it climbed, got a great finish. He climbed. He, he just worked his way through, worked his way right around the any type of guard that was there. He just he was able to, he, he dominated the fight without, without a doubt. I think he would have won it either standing or down. Definitely. All right, uh, George, I want you to help me out with the last fight of the night. We had Merced Bektik versus Russell Doan. I mean, Bektik, he just looked like he was in control of that from start to finish in the first round. I mean, he had the good takedown. Uh, Doan got back up, but it seemed like it just wasn't his night from the start. What did you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Bektik just looked good, from I think, from the beginning. I mean, here's a guy who, obviously, yeah. a, lot of these, a lot of these guys who, uh, especially Bektik, nobody's heard of before. So, obviously, yeah. in some ways... Uh, that is a motivating factor when you know that there are a lot more eyeballs on you. Yeah, you know, obviously on on, on the pay per view on the main card. So I, I think he definitely showed up. He he wanted to sh- put on a good show, and I think he made a name for himself at uh, UFC two hundred four. Definitely. I mean, like when the lights are on, it's like, hey, you know what? I just gotta come out and kick some butt. I like it. He's strong. No, he's young. He has a big career ahead of him. Because I mean, if yeah. anything, there's always like you look at a lot of these guys, with the exception of guys obviously like Brock Lesnar or, yeah. or whoever. But everybody starts at some point. A lot of people forget that John Jones was on UFC 100. Like, and the prelims, he do, didn't yeah. even have a televised fight that no, night. Not That's even. Like, crazy. A lot of people forget about that. Like, yeah, here's a, a guy who started from from just same same as these guys. Yeah. And then you know, controversy aside, you know, look at him now. Yeah, you know, one of, one of the most polarized, but one of the most known guys in MMA. Yeah. Um, but again, everybody's got to start at some point. And I think a lot Definitely. of people should look at that and be like, you know what? That can be me someday, too. No, I mean, I think even Conor McGregor had a quiet night when he had his debut in Ireland. Yeah. So, you know, a few years back. But definitely, so... Fight of the night was Michael Bisping versus Dan Henderson. Performance of the night went to Jimmy Manoa and Yuri Alcantara with that, that finish was, on the prelims. That was cool. That was pretty sick. I, and I like Brad Pickett. Like he's always been one of my favorite uh, fighters, especially some of the smaller guys. But that was pretty cool. I couldn't even deny that. It was just sick. I mean, all right. So I can't wait to see what happens next for Michael Bisping. I think the trash talk is going to be fun no matter who he fights. But he gets the job done in his hometown of Manchester, England. And I think it was just a fun one night the pacing was good on this card i mean we had a lot of quick finishes first second rounds but then we had a nice battle for five rounds in the main event so no complaints it's certainly just a great night of fights all right so we've had so much news since our last show so we're gonna go into our news and gossip with our new segment the ufc quick hits All right, so last time, you know, I incorrectly reported it just because it seemed like everyone did. The con- the main oh, blame event- it on them. Blame yes, it on them. Okay. I mean, Dana White was tweeting, no, that's not the fight. <laughs> UFC Tonight said it wasn't the fight. 
And just, you know what? They got it done for the fans. UFC 205. What fans? New York. They're giving them oh, Conor, MSG, yeah. Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez. A title unification bout for Conor McGregor. He has the chance to become the first fighter to ever hold UFC titles in two weight classes at the same time. I mean, preliminary thoughts on that matchup. I think it's fantastic for New York. Oh, it is. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. From, from, from a business standpoint... It's probably the best thing that's yeah. and that's you yeah. know uh, God forbid an injury happens like like oh, it happened last God. time. But as far as a sport, I think it's like the most pathetic, the most worst thing I've ever heard in my life. But we're gonna get and into I hated it. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. <laughs> we're gonna get into that. I do got to say this about UFC 205. I feel like they saw what happened with 200. That no matter how hard they tried to stack the card, there was just something missing that makes it just electric like when you have a conor mcgregor or a ronda rousey and i think they were really just trying to make up for that now and they put together the biggest super fight that was on the table so i think it's going to be fun they also announced like we talked about chris weidman yoel romero so chris weidman a new yorker let's address the elephant in the room the most famous ufc fighter from new york not competing john jones Really? I mean, we. Oh, that's not surprising to me, considering. I mean, had he been healthy and not in, you know, controversy. in controversy, yeah, I mean, it would have made sense for him to main event that that fight. Yeah, with that Cormier. Card, but I, I honestly, that like him even fighting at that at UFC two five never even crossed my mind. To be honest with you, uh, he's got so much. I, I think certainly for the fans, I think it would be great to see him get himself together and come back. But I think that it's just one of those things, like you know. You're one of the best guys in the world right now, and this is happening in your hometown finally. How are you not the one there? So I think that just is worth mentioning that we want to see him back. We want some updates on what's going on with his legal situation. I mean, he said maybe it's not such a long layoff. You know, they're going to figure out with his drug testing, but we got to wait and see. But John Jones not going to be there, but they have just about everyone else. Like we said, Alvarez McGregor. Joanna Jonjejcik versus Karolina Kovalkiewicz, and then Tyron Woodley and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. That's just going to be a fun night. I know you and I want to talk about this, George, and certainly you, Chris Howard. Just the idea of McGregor still not wanting to defend the title, and that brings us to our next set of news. Jose Aldo saying, you know what? I'm sick of this. I want out of my UFC contract. Mm. It's just becoming a sideshow. I don't blame him. And I... I got to agree. It's like, you know, it's hard to just argue with the fact that this guy should have gotten an immediate rematch. And in any other UFC division, I think he would have gotten it. It's just that McGregor as a business for the UFC is so big that they're just feeding that monster right now while they can, while he's got a title. But I couldn't help but think, you know, this is something the UFC almost has to address and just set a precedent because... It's getting to that point, Aldo, okay, well, is he going to want to fight, let's say, Max Holloway, you know, while he's waiting for he the He doesn't even mind fighting Max Holloway. He just wanted to be for the UFC featherweight title and yes. not the interim UFC featherweight championship. Right. And, I mean, that's another thing Dana White said. Whichever belt that McGregor holds on to, it's going to be a short reign. So I take that to, this, 
to assume that McGregor is going to have to choose which weight class he stays at. And you would belt- think, but obviously it's going to be like, I'm, I'm sure Dana White's like, well, let's see if he can become the welterweight championship or champion now. Well, it's not like boxing where, you know, there's so many weight classes that you can kind of bounce around and you just seem, it just seems to flow. Yeah, you like don't two, keep track of it. Apart. Yes. And, you know, that's one of the things that's sometimes annoying me about Floyd Mayweather. It's like, technically he's not the champion, but we know he's getting, you know, the A side. But, okay, that's in the air. Let's just say like it is. Do you think Jose Aldo will... Will he be let go of his UFC contract? Will the UFC risk letting him go? Or do you think they're going to make a deal to keep him in the organization? Chris Howard? I think it's hard to say. I I make it go any way. But I, I mean, I get, I, I actually get both sides because I know the UFC. I mean, they're they're chasing the bucks. You know, it's yeah. like where's the where's the money at? No, I'm kind of curious if if whose essential decision it was because I think in many ways maybe all the new owners maybe they're like, well, we want to make our money back as quick as possible. That's a good point. So, so again, from a business side of it. I'm 100% on board, you know, mm-hmm. but again, from a sports side, I should have seen the writing on the wall when, and this is going to be a curveball out of left field, um, when they never even considering signing Brand Askren. Like, here is a guy who's true. one of the top fighters undefeated in the world, one of the best fighters, but th- then they don't sign him because he's too boring. Yes. You know, but then they'll give, and again, I'm a big wrestling fan, right. but then they'll give CM Punk, like, such a high-profile yeah. fight. Um, and again, I'm on the, I'm on the wrestling side. I, I get it, yeah. but it's like... So with that said, like I can't blame guys like Jose Alder or even Khabib Nurmagomedov for for pretty much lashing out the UFC. You know, even guys like Mark Hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it, it's it, from a business good, it's good, but it's like for, it's kind of in some ways making the UFC look bad. But the worst thing about it is, it's like they don't even care. Well, it's a stressful time, yeah. I'm sure. Whenever you you know you get the sale of a company, there's a chance that anything could happen in that period of time where they could actually start losing or going under and. And tanking, so I, I'm sure that they're feeling a lot of pressure to play their tough, their best cards yeah. right now to to give the just to keep the momentum going in Certainly. that period of the sale. Yeah. But I mean, again, it's one of those things where if if they if they don't care, I get it. But don't get mad when you have a lot of these top fighters kind of lashing it like out it at is. you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. you can't have it both ways. You can't yeah. sit there and do whatever it is that you want to do, and still expect all the fighters to be happy about it. No, too, it's their you know? bed. They got to. They got to. Yeah, and they got to make it. Yeah, it they're, they're... It's true. And you know, uh, here's the thing: when I break it down, you got a talented guy like Jose Aldo. I mean, he looked freaking amazing against Frankie Edgar. And you tell me that. The UFC is going to risk letting him go to, let's say, somewhere like Bellator if he asks, like, hey, let me buy myself out of my contract or something. Or he says maybe even a new sport entirely, like, go play soccer. And it's like, just something has to be done. With Khabib, you know, he's been out a while. He won his fight. You got to think he's not happy about maybe risking it in a matchup down the line with, let's say, the winner Dos Anjos Ferguson coming up next month. So I think they have a lot of stuff they really got to work through. Ultimately, is press. I think any press is good press for them. It keeps their name out there, and they'll, they, yeah, they'll for the UFC. They'll end up they'll end up doing something with it. And you know, the, to think that all these fighters will go over to, to Bellator is I, I just don't see that happening. UFC is still the place to be. It's true. You know, so even if you get a few that jump ship, it's not gonna it's not gonna rock the world yeah. of the UFC, in my opinion. So all right, so we have a few. Quick points, but I want to just get you guys' opinion. I think should McGregor win at UFC New York, I think he chooses to go down to 145 and stay there, or at least until 
something new happens just because he needs the um he has some more physical advantages there but what do you guys think do you I think honestly pick- and i've said it before and i'll say it again i honestly think that he cannot make 145 ever again i think it's just his way of holding on to the title as long as he can so he can say like oh or so he can get the opportunity to become a two you know a two, two division, division champion at the same time but i so really don't think honestly, he can hit that way after after he bulked up to 170 and like as as high as he could because obviously he didn't even make he like made it like 168 so he yeah. obviously went as high as as he could um honestly think he's gonna he's not gonna be able to make 145 hmm. i think okay. he's gonna have like a like a cyborg Point. situation where he, he, won't he make just way. can't. Yeah, I, I think that's a, is an interesting perspective. I think that it, obviously his greatest strength is going to be at 145, but uh, that that may very well be the case. All right, definitely. I think it's it's just tough. I mean, obviously it's McGregor's world. We're just watching it on pay per view, apparently. <laughs> and it's like I, I think the thing that upsets me the most is that like I'd always like side with the UFC. I'm like, no, man. He just they're just you know he's just a cash cow. You know, obviously they're gonna do, but it really is like it's yeah. his world, it's his company. It a- Whatever Conor McGregor wants, that's what they're gonna. That's and what also they're gonna get. think about this just though. Gave, you just gave him a name for a spinoff series, of McGregor's World. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a good. Spin-off he already series. has that Twitter account, The Mac Life, and all and that. I and love like, McGregor. I, I, he's I like, think hey, he's such a great figure for the sport. He's a great showman. I mean, he gets. I mean, he gets under my skin watching those promos sometimes. <laughs> but man, I want to see him fight it's a fun show and i think you gotta acknowledge it this is a year where the ufc didn't have their big crossover star who just is taking over the world ronda rousey Mm -hmm. so yeah you want to keep your brand relevant in this time so why not keep mcgregor front and center he is the biggest star outside of her so i mean we got that to talk about i mean ufc manila is canceled bj pan had an injury um, I, I think, think BJ Penn shouldn't even bother trying to come back. I agree. I think it's, I think it's like he's cursed. Time, yeah. yeah, not even that. It's like the first time. It's like, oh, I didn't know I couldn't use an IV. You know, pre <laughs> fight, and it's like, dude, you have like a you're a professional fighter. Right. I'm sure you have a team. You know that that kind of they can go over you guys everything. A hand, no? They give you a handbook, and you have a guy who tells you what's in the handbook to say, "Yeah, we can't do that. You can't do IVs. You can't do TRT." Not saying he is, but. <laughs> things like that um we touched on it earlier anderson silva we're probably looking to see the spider before the year is out um or at least early next year do you guys think gegard musasi probably for anderson silva well the big rumor is anderson silva versus gsp i mean i I can't see that for the it would be amazing but the same thing just too many physical advantages for the spider that's why gsp never signed it they when anderson came back they told gsp you can have the fight with Anderson Silva, and he's like, I haven't even been training, and he's still the much bigger I athlete. I honestly think that GSP would have his number. I you think, think so? all with the, the takedowns and well I think all the weaknesses that Anderson Silva has, and we've seen it before against fights against Dan Henderson and Chel Sonnen, I think GSP would find a way to really um, you know, take advantage of all those weaknesses, and I think it'd be too overwhelming for Silva. We've seen what Silva can do. Um, against wrestlers, I'm not putting Cormier against him because he was a lot bigger than Anderson yes. Silva that that day, and also on um, two days' notice, no yeah. training essentially. Yeah, but I, I think that GSP is so insanely good that he would know exactly how to pick apart Anderson Silva. I think I, I'm with striking. you on that. I'm with you on that. You know what? I mean, I've always said that. Anderson Silva all day, but you know, certainly GSP. If there was a guy who is just as talented, I've always felt it's Saint Pierre. G- G- yeah. Give Silva what he wants, but I'd like to see him face like somebody who we all know that he can beat. I, I agree with that. So and maybe Musasi. I think he can beat Musasi. Yeah. yeah, they're going to give him a good matchup. I mean, Uriah Hall is still out there. He obviously got knocked out by Derek Brunson not too mm-hmm. long ago, but on paper that would be a fun one. 
But guys, so the next show it looks like we're going to be covering now that UFC Manila is canceled will be November 5th, um, Dos Anjos versus Fer- Tony Ferguson in Mexico City. So definitely we'll see you guys next time. And until then, guys, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me and, uh, at Chris Howard Live on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at G Hermosa, G H E R M O Z A, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. I, ne- still I on never Twitch? snap. Yeah, I still am. No. You know what? This this Tuesday, if I get the game on that day, this Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, I will be streaming WWE 2K17. There we go. Nice. So, uh, we still need to play UFC 2. Take your bets, I guys. Said, figure something out here at AfterBuzz TV. We got the TVs. We got the cameras. Yeah, we got whatever. We got you need. I, I'll bring the play the PlayStation 4. <laughs> hey, let's set it up. I love it, guys. I, Gabriel Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter at Double G on TV. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz Buzz later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.